And uh, they're actually in North Carolina. Our North Carolina campus is having a ribbon cutting ceremony today. And so we're excited about that. Our class doing great things down there in the Chamber of Commerce and different things. We'll be at the, the event today, and so we, uh, we're just excited uh, for them. And uh, I will make this statement. I didn't make it at first service, but I, for all those Cowboy fans, I'm just going to go there, right? Because I just never get the opportunity. Normally I'm on the receiving end because I'm a Washington fan. But I want you to understand, uh, Washington is like when you're dating someone and you go out with them two or three times and you just know it's not going to work out. Right? And you know early in the game that it's like, hey, you know, this relationship really isn't going anywhere. So we're just going to pack it up and we just know that we're going to move on. So there's not been a lot invested. There hasn't been a lot of emotions tied together. And then we just kind of move on. Dallas, on the other hand, is like that person that you date and you think this might be the one. It could be the person. Right? And they just say the right things and they keep doing the right things and, and then they get you gifts during Christmas, but then after the holidays they break up with you. Right? And then it's just downhill from there. So at least you know if you're a Washington fan early on where the relationship is going. So anyway, just just wanted to clear the air. Just want everybody to know. But if you have your Bibles today, smart devices, the bridge out, and you can uh, turn over to two passages of scripture today we're gonna be looking at. Matthew chapter 16 and Acts chapter 2. And we're going to continue our series, uh, Engage. Uh, and uh, today's sermon is Serving in a Selfie World. Serving in a Selfie World. And so we're going to look at two passages of Scripture. Uh, the first one is in Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to kind of drop in, we're going to kind of parachute in to a conversation that Jesus is already having with his disciples, and Jesus has uh, asked the question, hey, who do men say that I am? And so they've given some, some answers, and then Jesus makes it personal. He says, well, who do you say uh, that I am? And so this is where we kind of pick up, and, and, and uh, Peter is going to give uh, his answer. And so in verse 16 of, of chapter 16, it says this, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now let's jump over to Acts chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 42 through 47. And again, let me just kind of, kind of tell you the scenario of what's going on here. Uh, Jesus' earthly ministry is over. Uh, the crucifixion has taken place, the, uh, the burial, the resurrection. Jesus has ascended to heaven. And in the early part of Acts chapter 2, we see where the Holy Spirit has come uh, to the disciples that were up in the upper room. Uh, and they were there and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And so now we're beginning to read as the church is being developed uh, and, and formed. And so this is where we pick up in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. It says this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. And they sold property and possessions to give to everyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in the homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. 
And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so uh, we're talking about, again, serving, serving in a selfie world. And I want to kind of give you this big idea or a thought, this overshadowing uh, thought here is that serving is God's way of removing the selfie out of me. Serving is God's way for removing the selfie out of me. And we've been in this series, uh, Engage, but Engage is not just the series. This is really our theme for 2023. And, and uh, Pastor Archie's been uh, speaking this. And so this is our, our theme. And the word engage there is a very active word. In other words, it's a word of pursuit. It is a word of action where we're engaging God, that we're pursuing God. It is not a word where you just sit down and you wait and you're wondering what's God going to do. And we're just going to kind of be casual about it. We're going to kind of go through our routine and we're just going to go through day-to-day -day life and all of this. No, it is something that we're saying that, God, we want to chase after you. We want to pursue you. We want everything that you have for us. We are a hungry church. We are a hungry people. And we want whatever it is that you have for us, God. We want to position ourselves to engage the King of Glory. And that's what we're here to do. And so, so that becomes our theme. That becomes what we begin to declare in our life. And that's what we're beginning to declare in this church and at Greenbrier and at North Carolina. Is that we begin to pursue God like never before. Because I think we're living in a world like never before. There's a lot of things going on. But here's the thing about engaging. Uh, is that most of the time, most of us want to engage God in our own way. And so we want to, we want to, we want to approach the King of Glory in our own way. How many of you have ever started a new job or maybe went to a new school? Or I think the greatest example is if you've ever been married before. A lot of times what happens is, is you come into a new relationship with your, your old baggage, right? Your old stuff, right? So, so what happens is, is, we, is we begin to go into a relationship maybe like marriage and we have our own ideas. We have our own culture, we have our own thinking, we have our own habits, and we just kind of just we kind of bring that in, and we just think that that's how it's going to work, right? And it's not until we kind of get into the training program, whether that's your spouse's training program or training program at work, that you begin to unpack some stuff and say, no, this is how we do it here, right? Isn't that how it works? And so, and so that's the way it is often in the kingdom of God. And so uh, in the New Testament... Our relationship with Jesus is kind of as a bride and groom. Jesus is the groom and we're the bride. We're the, we're the bride of Christ. But here's the thing. We want to engage Jesus or we want to engage the kingdom through our own methods and through our own habits and through our own worldly culture. And so, and so uh, here's the thing. God will not let you get his stuff your way. And so there has to be a, a place of where we actually come and we begin to set down our mindset, an old thinking and, and thought process, right? I mean, uh, over in John chapter 4, there's a story about the woman at the well, and she's a Samaritan. She says, but Lord, well, you know, Jesus, we, we worship on this mountain, and you Jews worship on this mountain. And Jesus said, hey, there's a time that's coming where you won't worship on either of these mountains or anything, but you will worship me in spirit and in truth. In other words, he's saying, this is going to be gone, and you need to learn how to embrace a new kingdom mindset. And so that's what really discipleship is all about, is when we begin to let go of our old mindsets, our old thinkings, and we embrace a new kingdom mindset, a new kingdom thought process. And so Jesus, when it comes to earth, 
one of his first recorded sermons is the Sermon on the Mount. Right? We've all heard of that. But really it's kind of like the constitution of the kingdom. Right? It's this idea that we, he begins to lay down, hey, you've heard it said, this over here is the worldly idea, but I say to you, and he begins to teach about relationships. He begins to teach about our influence as, as salt and light in the earth. And he begins to, to teach about forgiveness. And he begins to teach about like going the extra mile and serving. And so he begins to, to communicate a different way of thinking. A different kingdom is what uh, Jesus begins to proclaim. And so it's up to you and I to begin to recognize that, hey... I've got to let go of some of these old things. There's some old things that I cannot engage God in in the next season of my life. So I, I, I've got to recognize that, that this, what got me here, will not take me to the next step. Will not take me to the next level. So God continually calls us forward or calls us deeper into letting things go in our past. Letting go of old concepts old mindsets, and he begins to say, hey, you need to renew that. And that's what Paul's talking about when we talk about Romans chapter 12, verse 2, when he says, hey, uh, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. In other words, you, gotta, you can't hang around in this. You cannot move into the kingdom dimension with this kind of mindset. And so he says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but you've got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, there's a renewing of our mind that we begin to operate in so that we can begin to embrace kingdom principles in our life. And so as we're talking here uh, today about serving in a selfie world, in our text we kind of see a couple things going on. And we'll talk about it. So first thing is that in Matthew chapter 16, we see that Jesus says, hey, upon this revelation, Peter, that you have, Upon this thought, upon this thing that was not given to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven, on this revelation, we will establish, or I will establish my church. I will establish. It will become the foundation in which I build my church. My church will be built upon the revelation that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now let me tell you, if you're looking for a church, and you're out looking wherever you might be, if you're participating online, whatever it happens to be, you need to find a church that at least that has that foundational doctrine that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Right? If they don't have that, then you just need to move on. Right? So that has to be foundational. But Jesus says, this is what I will build my church upon. Now, how does Jesus build his church? What does that practically look like? Is Jesus going on a world tour and going with hammers and nails and saws and stuff and he's just going from city to city, county to county, and he's building these buildings? No. What Jesus does is he builds his church through people. Jesus has tied himself into cooperation with mankind to execute his kingdom in the earth. To bring forth his kingdom in the earth. He's looking for people uh, like Noah and, and Daniel and Abraham and, of course, Mary in the New Testament, the mother of Jesus. People who would come along and say, God, you can use me. I'm willing to position myself for your kingdom purpose in the earth. I'm willing to let you uh, work through me. I'm willing to serve you. 
I'm willing to serve you. And so Jesus uh, says, I will build my church. And he says things like, like I did not come to, to be served, but I came to serve. So he becomes the example. But not only does uh, Peter talk about, or uh, Jesus talk about upon this foundation, if you jump over to Acts chapter 2, once we see that the church has been established upon a revelation, we see what an established church looks like. Right? So in, in Acts chapter 2, we see what a healthy established church should look like functioning in the earth. So they're devoting themselves to teaching and learning and growing. They're, they're giving generously. They're serving one another. They're going and fellowshipping in the temple. And they're going to homes. They're, they're eating. I like that. Right? I mean, I mean, I knew that eating was spiritual. Right? So I, I love the fact that they were eating. But here they are. They're doing all of these things. So we see the church established. We see the church functioning. And now let's fast forward to 2023. How do we look as a church in America? Well, let me just give you some statistics based on the American church. Again, I'm an American preacher, so I don't know what's going on in all the other nations of the world, right? Uh, but I do know this. In, a, in America, they say that only about 5% of professing Christians actually give or tithe. Actually tithe. So let's just make it easy numbers. Uh, a thousand people come uh, into a room, only 50 of them are actually going to tithe. Then here's another one, about 30 to 40% of professing Christians actually serve in the local church. 30 to 40%. 40 to 50% actually participate in the small group. And the most committed Christians attend worship service on a Sunday 1.4 times a month. Now, I don't know about you, but if I only showed up in my house 1.4 times a month, oh, my wife, Mrs. Mayo, would be all over me. That's the way it rolls in the Mayo house, right? There would be something that would say, hey, this ain't right. Now, if you're in relationship with me, you need to show up a little bit more than that. So there it is, and, and, and I think what's happened in our church and in our church culture is that we've made decisions but not made disciples. And so what happens is, is we, we've gone and we, we say, hey, we're not really concerned about growing in the disciplines of the faith. Like if, you, if you've ever heard me speak before, I've mentioned this before, the disciplines of the faith. The disciplines of the faith are not righteousness. In other words, when I exercise the disciplines of the faith, they don't make me uh, holy. What they do is they position me under the authority of a holy God. Right? And so I begin to get in tune with him. And so when we talk about the disciplines of faith, we talk about there's two categories. There's the category of uh, the discipline of abstinence. Okay? That's the discipline of, uh, of holding back, uh, abstaining from certain things so that we connect with God. So things like solitude is a, an act of abstinence. In other words, I will pull myself away for maybe 30 minutes a day just to spend with the Lord. Or, or maybe uh, one weekend a year or something, I go away and spend a couple of days in the mountains and I don't take a phone or a computer and I just take a Bible and a journal and connect with the, the Holy Spirit that way. Uh, so solitude is a way in which we engage God. Here's another one. Uh, chastity. Oh, that's a, like, is that even a word that's used in, in 2023? I mean, that sounds like something in the 1600s. 
But it's this concept of saying, hey, sexually, I will keep myself pure until it's time that God gives me the right spouse, the right mate. And we have to understand and begin to communicate with our kids and with our students that is this right here. The world may say this, and this may be the culture of our day, but in the kingdom, this is how we live here. We operate in another dimension. We operate in another kingdom, and this will not do. I cannot get the things of God if I continually just sell myself short and follow the ways of the world. So, there's things like uh, chastity. There's things like fasting. We just went through a, a period of fasting where we abstained from food uh, for, for you know, a certain amount of time. And it's just this way of disconnecting, right? It's the way of disconnecting. Uh, uh, fasting disconnects us from the world. Prayer connects us to God. Okay, so there's this there's this uh, 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 this disciplines of abstinence, but then there's also a second category called disciplines of engagement. And the disciplines of engagement are things like you're probably used to, like prayer, Bible study, coming to church on Sunday, being in a small group, uh, uh, giving is a is an act of engagement. But there's also this thing called serving. Serving is an act of engagement. In other words, when I serve. The Lord, I serve and I am engaging in His kingdom and what He wants to do. And so you and I have to understand and learn that, that God has called us into a place of actively pursuing Him and actively engaging Him. And so in a book uh, by Richard Foster, that's called The Celebration of the Disciplines, right? I encourage you uh, to check out that book. There's... Uh, good books on the disciplines of faith, but this is what he says. He begins to kind of compare or contrast the idea of selfie serving, someone call it self-righteous serving, and true serving, okay? And this is what he said. It's selfie serving. Uh, it comes out of uh, human effort in selfie serving. But true serving comes out of a relationship with Jesus. He said selfie serving is impressed with a big axe. In other words, it wants to, it wants to be seen serving. It wants to be caught serving, right? And then, uh, but a true servant, uh, almost is, it's almost impossible to distinguish between the small and the large acts of serving. Selfie serving requires external rewards. True serving rests content in hiddenness. Well, I can, I can stay there a little bit in hiddenness and just understanding that, come on, God wants to work in the hiddenness of, of life. You want, the, you want the stage, but God says, no, I want you to be on the backside of the mountain, just like I have in my servant David, and I just want to see if you can learn how to worship me there. I just want to see if you know how to trust me there. I want to just see if you know how to exercise your faith there. And before we get to the, before we get to the anointing and Samuel coming and, and your kingship and all of that, I just want to know, can you be hidden and be okay with that? So he says, true servant comes out of a, a, a content of being hidden. Selfie serving picks and chooses who uh, they serve. True serving is indiscriminate in its service. Selfie serving is affected by moods and whims. True serving serves simply and faithfully. Come on. Can we just show up on regular? Hey God, I'm here. God, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Or does it always require something extra? And then he finally says, selfie serving is temporal, or true serving is a lifestyle. 
It's a lifestyle. Here's what I found out about serving. Everybody wants to serve until they're treated like a servant. When they forget my name at the door, or when they're giving out all of the thank yous and they somehow omit my name off the list that I've been here the longest. Or I, I don't understand why, why they treated me that way. But let me tell you, it's just like Jesus serving his disciples when he took the towel. None of them wanted to serve. None of them wanted to clean each other's feet. But Jesus said, this is how you serve. And so there was this heart that, that came out of Jesus. So he becomes our model. So why do we serve? I, I believe there's... Many reasons, and I could go through a laundry list of them, but really, when we talk about serving, obviously it's God's desire that we serve. It's God's mechanism, uh, as we said in our big idea, that, that He uses to remove the selfiness out of us. But here's why we serve at Bridge Church. Our mission statement is simply this, to connect all people to the person, power, and purpose of Jesus that's it. That's why we serve here at Bridge Church. Because we know that there are people that are hurting in our community. There are people hurting in Chesapeake. There are people hurting in North Carolina. There are people who are lost and on their way to hell. And so we're trying to do everything that we can to say, no, we want to reach you. We want to connect you with the one that can change your life forever. We want to connect you with the one who can redeem you and forgive you of your sins. We want to connect you to the one that has a dream for you, that can offer hope hope to you, that can offer peace to your anxious life. That's what we want to do. That's why we serve. It's about connecting people. It's about connecting people. Like just uh, last week or two weeks ago, I can't remember which, uh, our, our children's pastor, Pastor Kathy, if you have kids back there, you need to thank that team uh, for, for serving. Right? But they, she sent me a video after church, so I'm always asking, like, hey, uh, you know, send me stuff of great testimonies and things that, you know, are going on in, the, in uh, various departments in the church and stuff. And so, last week, or like I said, week before, I can't remember which, she sent me a video, probably, you know, 20-second clip or whatever. And it's near the kids, it's praise and worship time. And she's in the back, and she's just filming, and she just says it was a powerful time. And, and worship it. And when I begin to watch it, I see these kids, you know, they're, they're raising their hands and, and they're, they're not singing like necessarily all beautiful. Like, I think some of them are just shouting as loud as they can. Like, they're just, they're hollering like, you know, they're not as maybe dignified as we are, but maybe that's better, right? Maybe they're back there just hollering out and whatever, jumping all around. But you just see it can sense. Like, wow, the anointing of God was in that room as they were worshiping Him. So we're not back there babysitting kids. Again, we're going back to our connecting. We're connecting young people, children, to the person, power, and purpose of Jesus. That's what we do. That's why we're here. That's what we want to do. We want to connect people. And so we're serving, we're serving, we're serving. So the question is, is are you serving? What happens when you serve? I think two things happen. Serving makes a difference in you. That's the first thing. Serving makes a difference in you. In other words, let's come back here. Is when I begin to serve, God begins to deal with me in the area, uh, area of arrogance, pride, envy, all of these places in my life that I still have to maintain some kind of image of her. Right? Because I believe the whole world, including businesses, are all about this image management. 
right? We just got to look like we've got it together, right? It's image management. We just go, okay, well, this is the way the culture of the world's going, so we're going to go with it because we don't want anybody to call us out and make us look like we're feel bad, make us look bad, and then we lose customers. So it's about image management. So I don't know if it's really right or wrong. It's the culture of the world, and so I'm just going along with it. Right? And so the culture's just taking, taking me along. And so, and so Jesus comes along and he begins to do things uh, in our life when we serve. Let me, let me just say this. The greatest way to transform your flesh is to serve. The desires of your heart, the desires of your life, if you want those things to, to begin to line up with God, then you have to crucify this. And so what happens is, is Jesus comes along, and as we serve, He begins to work new things into us. He begins to work in a new culture. Things like humility. Oh, right? In, in a world full of uh, pride and ego, and look at me, and let me get my 30 seconds of fame, and all of that kind of stuff, Jesus begins to work in humility in our life. And here's the thing about humility. Humility is not something that you can go out and get more of. Well, I'm just going to go give me some humility. I'm going to show everybody how humble I am. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm the most humblest person you'll ever meet. Right? It doesn't work like that. Right? Uh, humility is developed when we begin to serve. And when God begins to do a work in my life, then God begins to shape me, inform me, and position me in making me more like Him. He begins to allow that, that this, not just this uh, love just for certain people, suddenly I begin to develop this agape love in my life where people that, I don't even know them, but I just got to love for them. I just got to tell something. I just got to say something. God loves you. He cares about you. And so you're just speaking, and you don't even know why, but there's just this overflow of agape love because there's a new culture and a new kingdom working inside of you. There's this faith that builds up and, and, and manifests itself that you just start believing for supernatural things. Like you just start believing, like I, I, I believe that guy can walk. I believe that guy can that, that person can be healed. And, and suddenly there's just something that just begins to swell up on the inside of you when you start to serve. When you start to serve. I like what Paul says over in Galatians chapter 5. He says this, and he says. Uh, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Paul's dealing with, uh, uh, obviously, sin uh, and the bondage of sin, so we're freedom from that. But he's also talking about, from a legal standpoint, there were people that were wanting to, to bring Christians back under the, the law and uh, try to get them to do ceremonial law things. And, and Paul's like, no, 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 no. You're not, you're free from all of that. But look what he goes on to say. You, you, you're free, in other words, he's saying you're free from that old culture, that old mindset. But this is what the new mindset is. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. That's what he says. Hey, put away this, and then we're going to come over here, and our kingdom operates like this, that we serve one another humbly with love. So that's what happens when I serve. Something takes place in my life. God begins to do something in me. But here's the second thing that happens, is serving makes a difference in others. Not only does it make a difference in me, but it makes a difference in others. And so, so uh, I like this definition of serving. Now, you won't find it in Webster's Dictionary. Uh, you won't really find it anywhere. I just heard a minister say this many years ago, probably over 20-some years ago. Uh, I've heard this, and I wrote it down, and I've just kept it ever since. And it's, it's this definition right here. 
Serving is the desire and willingness to improve someone else's life. Serving is the desire and willingness to improve someone else's life. It's a two-fold definition, right? There's desire and there's willingness. Come on. I can have the desire but never be willing. Come on. January 1st, everybody has a desire and is willing to lose weight and get in shape. Right? January 2nd, everybody just has a desire. January 3rd, they don't have a desire or willingness. It's over. They're just content that I get this this much football and, and uh, snack down on some on some chips, right? So there's this desire and willingness that takes place. What's your desire? What's your willingness? Are you willing to serve? Are you willing to partner with Jesus? Going back to Matthew 16 to build His church on the revelation that He is the Christ, the Son. Of the living God. There's a willingness. A willingness. Wait, wait, that word willing. The, the word will. Very interesting. Well, there's four wills that are competing for your life right now. There's your will. There's other people's will for your life. There's Satan's will for your life. And then there's God's will for your life. And they're always kind of competing, right? Because we're human. And so we're always kind of like in this, in this struggle. And you will live a frustrated Christian life if you never learn how to yield to God's will. So, so discipleship really, really is about me growing out of this into this kingdom mindset. Okay? And so I've got to line my will up with the will of God. And so we, we look throughout Scripture and we understand that when... Uh, God placed Adam and Eve in the garden. He said, there's a tree here. You can eat from any tree you want. But here's the deal. You cannot eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There is no sin in the world. Now remember, no sin in the world. He comes along and he puts a tree there and says, don't do that. Why is he doing that? He's teaching Adam and Eve to learn how to submit to his will and live under his authority, even in a, even in a perfect world. Even in a perfect environment, God still expects there is a will and an authority in which we live under. When you and I get to heaven, there will still be God's will and His authority ruling and reigning in uh, the heavens and the earth. Right? And, it's, and you, you're not going to escape that. But our struggle here is on earth, right? We're, we're battling, we're frustrated, we're, we're trying to say, is that, I want to do this, but I feel like you got to do that, all that kind of stuff. Here's the deal. Let's go a little bit deeper. Go beyond Adam. Let's go to when Satan was kicked out of heaven. Do you know why he was kicked out of heaven? He was kicked out for rebelling against what? God's will and authority. When you think about will, think about authority right with it. Will and authority go together. It's like if I go to my son and say, hey, I want this uh, room cleaned up by 3 o'clock today. I have, that's my will. And I have the authority as his parent to request that, right? Now it's up to my son to decide whether he will submit to my will and my authority, or will he listen to his own? Right? And so here it is that Satan is, uh, has rebelled against God and his will and authority in the heavens. And so the question becomes to you and me, is it possible for us to say we serve God and at the same time rebel against his will and authority in our life? I don't know that you can. I'll let God figure that out with you. But that's pretty deep. I don't know that you can say, I serve God, but yet constantly rebel against His, His will and authority in the earth. We pray. 
Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We talked about prayer uh, two weeks ago, I believe it was. And we talked about that. So the question becomes, am I willing to help Jesus build His church? Am I willing to serve in a selfie world? Listen, I know there might be time constraints. I know there's lots of things going on. But here's the thing. I just know that people, are, it's not a commitment issue. It is, what are we committed to? Because you're always committed to something. And I believe the greatest demand that God places on our life is, is not the demand to pick up our cross and follow Him. It's not the demand to self-denial. It's not the demand to give. It's not the, de the demand to serve. The greatest demand that God places on our life is to be obedient to His will. Because if I'm ever obedient to His will, all the other things I will fulfill. So I seek first, as Jesus said, the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all the other stuff. Everything else will come into place. John over in uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 30, he says this, I must uh, decrease and he must increase. In other words, John knew, John the Baptist knew, that there's always a desire for self-promotion. There's always a desire for self-gratification. There's always a desire for self, self, self. But he says, he must increase and I must decrease. Are we willing partner with Jesus. I believe God's doing something supernatural. Great. I'm telling you, our prayer times and our staff meetings are, are just like never before. An intensity like never before. Our nights of worship, intensity like never before. There's a move of God. There's there, God is doing something. I know that probably sounds cliche. I know that probably sounds like uh, something we hear year after year. But I don't know what it is. But I'm asking God to let me see some things that I've never seen before in 50 years of my life of being in church, being a part of services. I'm not talking about just great services. I'm talking about just a move of God like never before. That's what I want to do. But I'm willing to serve my way into it. I'm willing to serve myself, position myself by serving. You know how David got to the battle to kill Goliath? He was simply serving his father. His father said, hey, go take some cheese to your brother. He found himself there, and God used him in a mighty way. So I want to challenge you. Will you serve with us? Will you partner with us? Bridge is about connecting. Bridge church, the word bridge is, it is simply means connected to lands, uh, masses, or uh, to locations. And that's what we're doing. So that's why our mission talks about connecting, because we're a bridge. But here's the thing about a bridge. When you lay your life down, people walk on you. Are you willing to be walked on so that people can encounter Jesus? That's our heart here. So I want to give you an opportunity. Like if, if we were talking about for, uh, uh, healing today, I'd give you an opportunity to come down and say, hey, we're going to pray for your healing today. If I was talking about uh, salvation, I give you an opportunity to, to, to give your heart to Christ. And we're going to do that anyway. We always do that here. We just, we just, we want to give you the opportunity to meet Jesus. But here's the thing: I'm going to give you the opportunity for a next step to say, "I'll serve." Count me in, Scott. I want to be a part of that. Last week, Pastor Archie said he wanted a hundred new volunteers. That was one of our goals for for 2023. 
I think we can knock that out right here in the first uh, you know, uh, month of, of January. Right? Because we can just go ahead and say, okay, let's mark that out. Because we need 100 people just to keep things flowing. Uh, in this, uh, to reach people, to touch people's lives, whether it's uh, serving on the, on the parking team, and I know you probably want to serve out there between March and, and October, right? I understand, right? I, I'm with you. But whatever it is, right, wherever it is, we want you to partner with us in reaching people for Christ, right? Wherever it happens to be. So on the back of the seat uh, that are in front of you, there's a QR code. And so on that QR code, you can scan that QR code and it'll take you to a serving page. And you can sign up right there. That's our next step for today. You say, well, I'm not real fancy with a camera and I'm not real good with a QR code. Uh, that's fine. Give me text. Because we've also got you covered with text messages, right? All you have to do is just text the word bridge to the number 94,000. Right? You, where you normally put in the telephone number at the top or person's name, just put in the number 94,000. Not the word number, just 94,000. Write the word bridge, and it'll kick back to you, and there's an opportunity for you to sign up there. You say, well, I'm not really good at texting. That's okay. I got you covered. Right? On the way out today, there's a blue tent out, out front. There'll be people there that know how to use the QR code and text message, and they will help you sign up to serve today. But this is our challenge. Will you partner with us? Is there not a cause worth partnering with and going all out for? It's not about building this church. It's about building a kingdom. I'm just asking, would you partner with me? Would you partner with others so that God can do something great in our community? If God can do something great in our region, if God can do something great in our state, and in this nation. Would you stand with me today? Father, I thank you so much for your love. And I thank you for your word. God, we just come before you. We just ask, God, that you would help us. Lord, we want to honor you. It is our heart. Lord, just to not only just welcome in the King of glory, but serve the King of glory. And just to honor you. And so, God, I just pray right now in this place that, Lord, you would do a supernatural work in our hearts. Lord, all of our hearts. Lord, that all of our hearts would be bent towards serving. Lord, not self-serving, not trying to achieve status, not for image management, not for self-gratification, but for your glory, for your kingdom, that you would be lifted up, that you would be exalted. God, that's what we want. We want to make your name great. We want to make your name great in the earth. And so, God, we're willing to give of ourselves to do that. Father, help us to grow in the disciplines of the faith, to know who you are, to grow with you. God, you're calling us beyond just routine. God, you're calling us into a deeper place of relationship with you. So God, I just ask that you would just touch our hearts today. And as we're in this time of self-reflection, maybe you're in here with all heads bowed, all eyes closed. Maybe you've never regained a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked Him to forgive you of your sins. It's the whole purpose that He came. He gave us an example of serving, even being obedient to death on the cross, that we might have a relationship with our Heavenly Father, that our sins might be forgiven. And I'm telling you, if you do that, 
There is no greater experience that you will have than having sins forgiven. But let me tell you, it's not an easy thing. Because you will walk in a relationship with God and He will ask you to do things. And the question becomes, will you obey Him? So I'll try to be very clear and upfront about what you're getting into when you begin a relationship with God. It's not, it, there is a difference between asking Him to be your Savior and asking Him to be your Lord. Savior just means, okay, I've I'm, 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 got my sins forgiven and I'm on my way to hell. But when you, add, you say, Lord, I, I, I want you to be Lord of my life, that means I give Him permission to tell me what to do. And I obey Him. So if there's someone in here and you say, hey, Scott, I would like to begin this relationship with God and ask Him to forgive me of my sins, would you just lift your hands up right now, real high, just bold. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you right here. All these hands, about four hands, maybe others. Listen, I want, I want you to do this. Will you just, will you just make a, 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 would you just step forward? Would you just take a, a, an act of boldness? Would you just do that? Again, everybody's still in a time of prayer. Would you just do that? Would you just take a step? I just want to connect you with somebody. Would you do that? Well, we got one coming down. I know there was some. Don't be shy. Will you take a step? We're here cheering for you. Come on, there are others. I saw other hands. Would you come? Would you come? Would you please come? Would you come? You don't have to come to get saved, but I just believe it, it, it does something for your spirit. And I want to connect you to our decision coaches uh, at the end of today's service. We'll give you some material just to help you along the way. Quickly, if there's anybody else before we pray. Anybody else? Several hands went up. Would you do this with me? I want you all to pray this prayer with me. And, and, and no one prays alone here, but I want us all to pray this. And if you pray this and believe it in your heart, Jesus will forgive you of your sins. And the Bible says that you are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, and the new has come. So would you pray this with me today? Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner, and that I need a Savior. And I believe that you sent your Son to die on the cross, be buried, and resurrected, that I might have my sins forgiven, and new life. I confess you as Lord of my life, and I invite you to tell me how to live my life. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. God is good. God is good. Well, it's been a great day. And I just uh, appreciate you guys here so much. Uh, and I just encourage you. Just pray about it. Don't wait. Don't wait on making your move to start serving. Start now. Start today. Stop by out front. Talk to somebody. And let God do something great in your life. Hey, listen. I just want our final act of worship. I just want to say thank you so much for your generosity each and every week. You're giving. 
uh, with uh, touching lives and transforming people. And so I want to thank you for that. We have sent out our uh, financial contribution statements to everyone. So be sure to check your spam, check your junk mail, check the 15 emails that you have on file uh, because you're trying to hide from somebody. I don't know what's going on. But uh, be sure to check all of those things. Uh, if you don't have it, you can't find it, let us know here at the office and we'll uh, backtrack it for you. But thank you so much. You can give. There's multiple ways to give here at Bridge Church. You can give on the giving app. You can give uh, cash app. Text the word Bridge 94,000. If you're giving cash, you check today. You can drop those in the Make a Difference boxes on the way out today. But thank you so much for your generosity. Would you welcome Pastor Rob to the Stephen Show closest out? Right. Uh, just stay standing in about 30, 45 seconds. We just want to, again, if you're our first-time guest, want to ask you to take this connection card, go out the back exit door of the Welcome Center. We have some uh, T-shirts for you in four different colors. We also have a Chick-fil-A gift card we want to send you in the mail along with a uh, free book. If you're our second or third-time guest, take this connection card in front of you to the blue tent. And we also have Chick-fil-A gift cards for you. Now, just a couple next steps today. Pastor Scott talked about serving. Every week when you come to Bridge, there's people in traffic, there's people that are serving your kids. And so I'm going to ask you to do this second next step today. Do for somebody else what somebody else is already doing for you. Do for somebody else what somebody else is already doing for you. So take the next step today. You can go to the Blue Tent. We have people to talk with. And also, by texting Bridge to 94000, you can sign up for the starting point party. Also, small groups, you can sign up there or you can go to the